Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Het in Mesechet Yoma. We're beginning two lines before the wide lines on Daf Zayin Amur Bet. The words are Amar Abaye. They're discussing the the seats. Of course, we learned in Pesachim that the seats has besides for being one of the garments of the Kohen Gadol has a special job that that it has it is a kapara for tumat mikdash someone goes in the bet mikdash or for korbanot that are offered to man general tumah in the bet in the bet mikdash which is a serious sin Hashem uh, promises destruction on someone who's metamet mikdashi someone who uh, tamayifies his mikdash however the tzitz is mechaper on things like that so the gemara is going to say Amar now we had we had mentioned before that there's a machloket Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon whether or not the cease works if it's not on the Kohen Gadol's forehead. Is the mitzah necessary? Is the forehead necessary or the forehead is not necessary? Where Rabbi Shimon was saying that regardless of whether it's on the forehead, it works, and Rabbi Yehuda says it needs to be on the forehead. Again, Rabbi Shimon. It says either way, the Buddha says it needs to be on the forehead in order to work. Now let's clarify. Had the tzitz chatz v'shalom been broken, the tzitz, of course, is a uh, a plate of gold which goes across the forehead of the Kohen Gadol. Welcome, good morning, Shlomo. So Abaya says that had the tzitz been broken, There'd be no machloket between Buda and Bishimon. Both would agree that it wouldn't work and it would not be able to make a kapara. Press screen. Hi, Joe. Oh, here's Joe. Good morning, Joe. Rabbi, can you conference me in? Uh, yeah. I'd rather charge my scooter. Okay, you got it. Your, your conference in. Consider yourself conferenced. Okay, so we won't do Zoom, I guess, today. Okay. Good. So you're, you're in. Could you hear us? Yeah, perfect. Okay, we're on Zayin Amur Bet. Okay. Um, so, Kipligi, where's the Machloket? The Tali Besichta. So, had the seats been broken, there would be no Machloket. Everyone would agree that it doesn't work while it's broken. But, the Tali Besichta... Had it been hanging on a peg, meaning that the Kohen Gadol has it, it's in order, just the Kohen Gadol's not wearing it. Then it's a machloket. Rabbi Yehuda holds, it doesn't work, because Rabbi Savar al-Metzach v'nasa. Pasuk says it has to be on the forehead of the Kohen Gadol, v'nasa, and then it carries the Avela. Meaning the, the, the tzitz's job is that it carries the Avela of Tumah. But the Pasuk mentions... It'll be on Aaron's forehead. Vinasa, implication being, says Rabbi Yudha, that it needs to be on the forehead in order to carry the sin. But had it not been on the forehead, it will not carry the sin. Good. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon holds no. It says, Tamid liratzon lefnei Hashem. If you read the, read the Pasuk, it's on the side of some people's pages if you have a newer Gemara which we should try to get. 
Vayal Metzach Aaron, will be on the on the forehead of Aaron. Venasa Aaron et Avon Hakodashim Asher Yaktishu Bnei Yisrael lechol matnot kochehem. Vayal Metzchot Tamid, will be on his forehead always. Leratzon l'pnei Hashem. Now, it says he says Tamid leratzon l'pnei Hashem. My Tamid. What does it mean? Always has to be on. The, what does it mean? Always. Doesn't mean always has to be on your forehead. It can't be. Imeshkachala milo by mail betek. He said, "What's that?" It can't be that when the word tamid in the pasuk is implying something. The Gemara is trying to clarify. Could it be trying? Could it be saying that the kohen has to always wear it? Can't be that because he has to be able to go to the bathroom and he he has to go to sleep sometimes. So must be he's talking about tamid minatzeh that it always works. Whether it's on your forehead or whether it's on a peg, that's your bidah zelasha. Now, it's interesting over here how the, the the Gemara seems to know for a fact that it's impossible to go to go to sleep with the seats. He won't see it over here, but there's a big, big question brought down in the Rishonim why you can't go to sleep with the seats. The rabbi is really going to learn that you can't go to sleep with tefillin with the kavachomer from the from the. So the seats from the tefillin. So it could be if tefillin and tefillin really you could go to sleep. You just can't. It's a gizinah mit rabbanan that we don't go to sleep with with, with tefillin. Technically, there's nothing asur by going to sleep with tefillin. The reason why we don't go to sleep with tefillin is because we're afraid that while you're sleeping, a person could pass gas while you're sleeping, and you're not allowed to pass gas in tefillin. That's a gizinah mit rabbanan. There's no isur to right to go to sleep with tefillin, and it, so therefore, why is Gemara taking it for granted that a person cannot go to sleep with the seats? That's not so clear. But okay, but the Gemara accepts that as a set. But either way, that's the so the Rebbe says al metzach vinasa. It's on his forehead, then it works. That means it only works on the forehead. That's the Rebbe The Rebbe Shimon says tamid ratzon means it always works. Always works, Yani. Even if it's on a peg, even if I the Kohen Gadol comes and he hangs on his on this tripod his uh, seats, it still works according to the Rebbe but not according to the Shimon. Good. Says the Gemara, Ulu Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Nami Haktiv Tamid. What does Rabbi Yehuda, who says it only works on the forehead, what does he do with the word Tamid? He's got to figure that out. Says the Gemara, Hahu Tamid Shelo Yasiach Da'atom Eminu. This teaches us that he's not allowed to take his mind off it. The word Tamid means that the Kohen with the Sis has to be concentrating on the Sis the whole time. How do we know? Kid Rabba Baravuna, like Rabba Baravuna. Dama Rabba Baravuna. Chayav Adam Lemeshimbet Tefillin B'chol Sha'a V'Sha'a. A person is responsible to touch his Tefillin every every minute. Why every hour or every minute? Why? And how do we know that? Kalvachom and Masis. With a Kalvachom and from the Tzitz. Why? How do we know? Masis. Just like the tzitz, where it only mentions Hashem's name once on the tzitz. The tzitz doesn't have parashiot in it. It's just a flat piece of metal with Hashem's name on it. And yet, and yet, it says tamid, and we're understanding, but we're understanding over here that tamid means you have to always think about it, right? Okay? Still, right? Amra Torah says, don't, don't take your mind off it. Tefillin, which has many mentionings of God's name in it. 
you have to keep your mind on it the whole time. But we see anyway from here that the word tamid, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is coming to teach you that you can't take your mind off it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the other, Rabbi Shimon used tamid to tell you that it always works to get rid of Tumah. And Rabbi, Shimon, and Rabbi Yehuda is using it to tell you that you can't take your mind off it. So far, so clear, Mr. Shaya? Excellent. Fabulous. Says the Gemara, oh, okay. Very nice. Oh, Rabbi Shimon, what about according to Rabbi Shimon? He says that the word tamid means it always works. So then, doesn't it say it has to be on Aharon's forehead? And then it works, implying like, like Rabbi Yudah says that it only works on the forehead and not when it's on the tripod. Right? So how does he explain? Says the Gemara, no. When it says it, it's going to be on his, on his forehead and then it works, we're just telling you where to place it on his forehead. You might have thunk that it goes on his nose. So we have to tell you that it goes on the forehead. To teach you where it goes. If you didn't have that pasuk, you'd never know where the seas goes. It's not coming to tell me. According to him, it's not coming to tell me. Uh-huh. It's not coming to tell. I thought it was, I thought it was Yvonne. No matter what kind of phone you have, Rabbi, I'll get you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wouldn't say it's, I just thought it was Yvonne. Okay. What? What does that do with the family? With the... Okay. So now. So now it says, okay, so according to Buda, who says that, it, that the, the fact that it's on Metzach Venasa is being used to teach you that it, that it has to go, it has, that it only works on the forehead, what does he do with, how does he know where to put the teats? He learns it from the word Al-Metzcho later in the Pasuk. The same Pasuk says the word Al-Metzcho. It says Metzach in the beginning of the Pasuk. This is, by the way, Pasuk, Perek Havchet in Shemot, Pasuk Lamerchet. Metzach is one word, and Metzcho is at the end of the Pasuk. So he learns it from the word Al-Metzcho. So Let him learn where you put the seats, that it goes on the forehead, not on your nose, from Al-Metzcho. You're right, he does learn from there. Ela metzach minasa mayavidle. So then, what does he do with the first metzach in the pasuk? What does he do with the first far in the pasuk? Says the Gemara, Amalech, I'll tell you that oil metzach minasa shein rotzum and minasa. He used to teach you that when it's fit for going on your forehead, then it's then it works. But if it's not fit for going on your forehead, it doesn't work. What does that mean? Laafuki takes two nishmaratzit to lo minasa. That teaches you when the teeth is cracked and it can't, it's not fit for your forehead because it's cracked, then it doesn't work. Okay, so he, again, did I lose you? No, that doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Again, what, we, we have two foreheads in the Pasuk, Metzach and Metzcho. Right. Okay, in the end we're coming out that the word Metzcho is the source of telling you where the placement, that it goes on the forehead, not the nose. So now, if so, according to uh, Rabbi Shimon, Someplace else. 
it says two. It says the word forehead twice. Seats does, does the word seats itself doesn't tell you where it goes. Just the seats. It could go now. Yeah, the word mitzvah teaches you forehead. And in the end of the Gemara, both rabbis, Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon, are both learning the the fact that it goes on the forehead, not the nose, or not the chin, go, it is from mitzvah. So now, what are we learning from the words? I should, should have really made a chart of it. I'm sorry that I did not. If I would have had a chart, it would have been clear as day. Okay, so what does everyone do with the word Metzach? So uh, one, one rabbi is saying, oh, Metzach, that comes to teach you that it only works when it's on the forehead, right? That when it's off your forehead, hanging on your tripod, it doesn't work. Al Metzach Menasah, only on the forehead, that's when it works. Now the other rabbi, what does he do with Basuk? He holds it works even on the tripod. So what's he doing with his Metzach Basuk, right? He's got extra Basuk. He's going to tell you, no, 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 it's not extra, I, I, I use it. I use it to teach you that it only works when it's not cracked. It has to be fit for your forehead. Mm. Yanni, if it's cracked, it's not fit for your forehead, it doesn't work. I hold it works on a tripod, but it has to be fit for your head. I use the same, again, what does Metzach do? According to one rabbi, it teaches you, must be on your head. According to the other rabbi, it means you, it has to be fit for your head. Fit for your head, not cracked. So now we're still stuck a little bit, because how does the other rabbi know that if the seat is broken, it doesn't work? Right. How does he know that the seat is cracked? How does he know it doesn't work? He learns it from the fact that it says, Metzach Mitzcho. It could have said, Metzach, forehead. It says, Mitzcho, his forehead. So the fact that it has extra vav, Mitzcho, teaches you that if it's cracked, it doesn't work. So what does he do with Mitzcho, the extra vav? According to Rabbi Shimon, he says that extra vav is not mashma anything to him, and therefore he doesn't use it as a pasuk, and therefore everyone fits in beautifully. Now, we are now at the words neima. Okay, says the Gemara, neima hani tanani, kehani tanai. Now, if you remember beforehand, we were discussing the subject of whether tuma dechuya or hutra. For those who were not in yesterday's Sunday class, which was sparsely attended, um, for those who were not there, the discussion yesterday was the subject of Tumah Hutra or Tumah Dichuya Betzibur, which means to the word, the Tumah is the Tumah allowed when we have a Korban Sibur, which means that it's completely allowed, and Hutra means it's, it's totally not Asur. And therefore, there's no reason to avoid it. It's as mutar as anything else. So a korban sibur, that's tameh, is totally mutar. Or, it's allowed. It's allowed, but it's better to avoid. That's dichuya. Okay, is it hutra, completely allowed, nothing to avoid? Or is it dichuya, pushed off, but it's not totally allowed? Okay? If you remember, there was a similar question in Shabbat, whether Shabbat is pushed off, by Pikuach Nefesh, or Shabbat is allowed for Pikuach Nefesh. And when Shabbat, when Shabbat, when, we, when a guy has Pikuach Nefesh, is it Hutra? Is it totally allowed to do whatever you want? Or it's pushed off, but uh, try to avoid whatever you can. Okay? Similar over here, we have a question about Tum'ah uh, B'Tzibur, Korban Tzibur, that's Tameh. Is it pushed off or Hutra? So we are wondering that maybe the Machloket that we had which is machloket between the Amoraim, is actually like a machloket tanaim. Oh, I'm sorry, we, we, we made a machloket tanaim about it last time. 
we, we had a machloket Amoraim, and we said there's a machloket Tanaim about them too. Rabbi Yudah and Mishimon are arguing about the same thing. Says Neymar, let's say that we have a mirrored machloket. Just like Rabbi Yudah and Mishimon are arguing about whether Hutcho or Duchuya, there's a mirrored machloket among Tanaim about two other rabbis about the same exact thing. Tanya, because we learned in the Biraita. Both the Kohen Gadol getting ready for Kippur and the Kohen Gadol getting ready for the Paraduma. Mazi'in alav kol sheva mikol chatot shehayushav. They hold that we sprinkle on him from every single sacrifice that was there. So we're referring to this as follows. We mentioned before that the Paraduma had there were many different para adumas. They were all together. There were going to be ten in the future of Kali Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu had the first one, and the other ones were done in subsequent generations. We know a few of them, but we don't know all of them. But there were nine of them done so far. Every time they did one, they saved the ones from beforehand, and therefore, uh, when they had a Kohen Gadol, according to this first opinion, which is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi says that both, both whether it's Kohen Gadol on the Yom Kippur or whether it's Para Aduma, they sprinkle you on all seven days from all the Para Adumas that you ever had in the history. In order to make you as holy as possible, we sprinkle you all seven days from all the things. The Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol, either, you is either, the, on Yom Kippur, it's the Kohen Gadol who's waiting to uh, do the Avodah. Seven days before we said we separated him from his house, we're sprinkling him all seven days. And in the Paraduma, it's whatever Kohen whose job it is to burn the Paraduma, before we let him do it, we separate him for seven days and we sprinkle him for seven days according to Rabbi Meir. The second opinion is Rabbi Yossi. He says, that when it comes to Yom Kippur, when it comes to Yom Kippur, he says, he says, both of them are only on three and seven. Okay? Now, the last opinion is Rechananya. Rechananya, Sigan HaKonim. He says, that when it comes to Yom Kippur, then you do Kohen Asolef the Parah Mazim Alav Kol Shiva. Kohen Gadol Mikor Em Mazim Alav Em El Shishi Vishvi. So he says Yom Kippur is three and seven, and this one is all seven. Okay, is the chart clear? Now let's we're going to clarify. Now this is a famous halacha. We actually had this. Gemara before someplace. I remember seeing it before. But we want to clarify that maybe the machloket between these two rabbis, Rabbi Yossi, number, number two, and Rameir, number one, is whether or not Tuma Hutra or Tuma Dichuya. And that's really the reason why they argue with the first rabbi saying all seven and this rabbi saying three and seven. Let's clarify. My love, let's assume, says the Gemara, that this is the, the point of this of the, of contention. Remeir Savar Tuma Dichuyahu Bitsibur. Remeir holds that Tuma 
is pushed off. And therefore, since it's pushed off, that's why you need all seven days. Meaning, because since the Tumah is really there, you have to really try to get rid of it. And therefore, you need to do all seven days. Now, let me explain to you why seven days are necessary. The reason why you'll need seven days is because, technically, if a guy got tamerified, he needs to be sprinkled with the para aduma blood on days three and day seven. So there's really no reason to do all seven days. The reason why we're doing all seven days is because we don't know what day he got Tamer fired. Right? And therefore, since we don't know what day, what day he got Tamer fired, we don't know which day is, is three and seven, and therefore we do all seven. Okay? So we, he holds that Tumah is... This rabbi, we're assuming, holds Tumah is Dichuya. So the Tumah is still there. And it's still a little problem. And therefore, we've got to do all seven in order to make sure to take care of it. And Remeyer is saying, no, it's really just a Chumrah. We're just being extra strict, because really Tumah is, is uh, Hutra. I'm sorry, Rav Yossi says, yeah. Rav Yossi says Tumah is really Hutra, and therefore we'll just do three and seven just to be extra, extra Chumrah, but technically we don't need to, and therefore that's the Machlok between the two rabbis, and therefore we see that the Machlok that we had before of Rabbi Huda and Remeyer whether or not Hutra or Dhuya is mirrored in the Machloka between Rabbi Yossi and Rameir over here. Okay? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Hold on. I'm pausing this. Give me a second. Okay. But Tizbra, you really think that's true? You think these two rabbis are arguing about Hutra or Dhuya? What do you mean? Heter hu b'tzibur, if Rabbi Yossi holds that it's totally mutar, why would he sprinkle you at all? You're telling me the Rabbi Yossi who says 3 and 7 holds Hutra? Why would he sprinkle you at all? If it's Hutra, it's Mutar. Really, all the rabbis hold Dechuya. 1, 2, 3, both hold Dechuya. So what do they argue? Why does this guy say all 7 and this guy says 3 and 7? Hacha v'hakam Remeir Savar Amrin Tvila Bizmana Mitzvah. Rabbiosi Savar Lomin Tvila Bizmana Mitzvah. This is a machloket. When a guy got Tameafoid, is it a mitzvah, a special mitzvah, that he has to dip specifically on three and seven? No, not dip, I said the wrong words. That he has to get sprinkled specifically three and seven. And if so, we that's what this rabbi holds. And therefore, since it has to be on the day, and we don't know what day he got Tameafoid. Therefore, we have to do all seven, just to cover, cover all the bases. Right. Or, Rabbi Yossi holds, listen, you have to do three and seven, but it doesn't have to be exactly the three and seven. Any three and seven is good. Because there's no idea of tivilam is a mitzvah bizmana. And therefore, he, therefore that's why he says three and any, just pick, pick day three and day seven. We don't care when it gets the mayor fight. So three sevens are from the day that you become tamer. According to... According to Rabbi Meir, the three and seven has to be from the day you got Tamerified. And then, because that doesn't have to be, it'll work. He'll agree that it'll work this way too. But since there's a mitzvah to do it on the right three and seven day, and we don't know when you got Tamerified, so therefore he says do it all seven. And he says, since there's no special mitzvah, do it on the three and seven. Therefore, he says, you do it any, pick a, pick a day three and a day seven, do it then, and you're good. He doesn't hold tefillah bismana mitzvah. That dipping at the right time is a mitzvah. Now, the word dipping is the wrong word to use. 
because here we're not dipping anyone, we're sprinkling on you. Okay? But similar, it, we're, we're borrowing the term from a nida. By nida, there's a question whether nida dipping at the right term, at the right time, is a mitzvah, or she could go at any time. For example, let's say a lady's husband's out of town. Does, is there a mitzvah that she should dip exactly at that time? That's two hours of mitzvah, even though her husband's not home? Or no, no, it's not a mitzvah to go to the wedding. Wait till the husband gets home. So, uh, the, since dipping is connected to sprinkling, we're, asking, we're saying the same idea here. This rabbi holds sprinkling at the right time is a mitzvah, and he says not. Good? Are we clear? Yeah. Okay. Mara says no. V'savar Rabbi Yossi, lo amrini t'mim is mitzvah. According to what you're saying right now, the only way it'll work, Shlomo, is if this rabbi, Rabbi Yossi, holds, t'mim is not a mitzvah. But I'm going to show you from another Mishnah that Rabbi Yossi is on record as having said that he holds t'mim is, is a mitzvah. And therefore, this will not work as that. That's the machloka between them. Let's see. Says the Gemara. Does Yossi really hold that we don't hold Tefillah B'zmanah as a mitzvah? Oh yeah? If you have a fellow who someone came in the middle of the night and wrote Yudke Vavke on his body in ink. So now on his leg, he's got a Yudke Vavke. He's got a big problem because he can't erase Hashem's name. Now what happens? This guy is not allowed to, number one, he can't take a bath or wash himself because he'll be erasing Hashem's name. He's going to have to buy a lot of deodorant. He can't put uh, oil on himself because that will also erase Hashem's name. He also can't stand in a dirty place because he's bringing Hashem's name to the dirty place. Okay? Now, don't ask me how he goes to the bathroom, I don't know. If he, ha- what happens if he needs a tevilah mitzvah, if he needs to dip in the mikveh for a mitzvah, because he's, let's say he's a zav, and he needs to go to the mikveh at a certain time, which is a mitzvah, now he's got, now he's got a, he's got a contradiction. On the one hand, he's not allowed to dip ever. On the other hand, Torah says you have to dip. He can't dip because he's got the shame of Hashem, Hashem on him. He can dip. He must dip because it's, it's your time. You're a Zav and it's your seventh day, whatever it is, and you need to dip. Okay. What does he do? Shemachloket. Listen, now, the, the reason why we're here is because we want to see what Rabbi Yossi says. Listen to what Rabbi Yossi is going to say about this. Okay? Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Yored v'tovel kedarko. He dips normally, meaning, since he's, what? As long as he doesn't rub. Okay, as long as he's not rubbing it, he's not, he's not erasing it. It's just happening on its own. It's just getting erased on its own, but he's not doing the erasing. Rabbi holds okay. I, I skipped something. Tarakama uh, says, Tarakama says he has to put a, a reed on it. This way it doesn't get hit by the initial waters. And the, even if it comes off later, it's okay. And Rabbi says, no, you can just dip regular. But either way, the machlok between them is whether tefillah in the time is a mitzvah. Tanakama says, tefillah in the right time is not a mitzvah, and therefore we have to bother you to go get a gemi and cover up the Hashem's name before you dip in the mikvah. And Rabbi Yossi holds 
that we do say tefillah was a mitzvah. And therefore, he says, I could just dip. As long as I don't rub it, I'm allowed to dip. So you see, Rabbi Yosef's tefillah is a mitzvah. So how can you tell me in our machloket that it was your mayor who said tefillah was a mitzvah? And he said tefillah was low mitzvah. We see from the dipping in the mikveh that he owes tefillah was a mitzvah. Is a mitzvah. Not a mikveh. You don't know what I'm talking about, Shlomo. I got you, Rabbi. Yeah? yeah? So, Rabbi, we're connecting it from the mikveh for, for, this, for the uh, seven and three days, or? Yes, because the way we... Rabbi Yossi by us said seven and three. Right. We thought that meant that he holds Tzvilah B'zmanah is not a mitzvah. But now we're seeing that since we see... By the by, the guy with the with the shame of Hashem written on him that he holds tefillah is not is a mitzvah. So it's not it's not sustainable to say that over here that he holds it's not a mitzvah. Right. Okay. Ah, oh, says the Gemara. Okay, so we're cool. We have to explain. Ela de kula amla hani tanayim in tefillah is not a mitzvah. Rather, both rabbis hold it is a mitzvah in the right time. So what's the machloket? The hacha the hakam if you hear the machloket between Rameir and, and and Rabbi Yossi is as follows. Ramer Savar Makshin We compare sprinkling to dipping. Which means, just like there's a mitzvah to, for a, a lady to dip at the right time, and a man to dip at the right time, there's also a mitzvah to sprinkle exactly the right time. And therefore, I have to do all seven days to make sure we get three and seven exact. Because we compare dipping to Sprinkling. That's according to this rabbi, Rameir. Rabbi Yossi Savar, we don't connect sprinkling to dipping. And therefore, just because Rabbi Yossi says that when it comes to dipping, there's dipping in the right time as a mitzvah, he doesn't agree that sprinkling is the right time as a mitzvah. And therefore, he says just do three and seven, because I don't, I don't believe that sprinkling at the right time is a mitzvah. Okay. And everything's cool. You're asking a question, what, how, come, how come in the other case, with the guy wrote on, the, on your leg, with the Shem Hashem, we did you couldn't go to the mikvah? That's dipping, Rameer will say. And this is sprinkling. And that's why here I say three and seven. And over there I say that you can dip without it. You can dip with no problems, with no gaming. Is that clear? Yeah. Okay. Now once we spend time explaining these two rabbis, it's time to explain Rabbi Hananiah's according rabbi number three in the Machloket. If you remember, there was three rabbis in the Machloket. The first two rabbis, they said the same thing. They painted everything with the same brush. But... Para and Yom Kippur, both all seven. That was Rameer. Rabbi Yossi says, Para and Yom Kippur, both three and seven. The tricky one was Rukhanani Skoanim. He says that when it comes to Para, we do all seven. When it comes to Kippur, three and seven. He needs explanation. Let's see what he's talking about. Everyone with us? Yes. Yeah, but, 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 but it's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to work. We need, again, that needs explaining. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. Says the Gemara, we are now towards the bottom of Chet Amudalf. Very, very interesting daf over here. Reb Chananya Sgan Kohanim, what does he hold? If he holds you, like, like Shlomo Shai pointed out, if he holds that you connect Haza Al then he should need your Kohen Adon Yom Kippur also sprinkled every day. If he doesn't connect it, then Afilu Kohen Asarefit Paranami Lo. And even the Kohen who burns the para also should not need because you don't connect the two. Where says, Le'olam really lomakish. He does not connect it and therefore does not need a sprinkle. The Kohen 
Hasoref Hapala Ma'ala Be'alma. He holds that the reason why we do Kornes Hapala is just to be extra strict. If you'll remember, the rabbis do a lot of extra strictness by burning the, the, the Pala Aduma. Because we want to show up the Tzidukim, we told them that we specifically use a Kohen who had just dipped in the mikvah and is not fully Tahor yet. Since we do that just to show up the Sidukim who claim that it's not kosher. You say it's not kosher, we're going to use a guy specifically you say it's not kosher. That's what we use. But once we do that, we don't want people to mizazel, to make fun of Paraduma. They use Tamir people for it. What's going on? So we use the, 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 the guy without Harev Shemesh, but we do a lot of other things to make it look very, very Tahor. One of those things are we sprinkle all seven, even though it's not necessary to do more than three and seven according to Rechanan Yisroelim, because he holds we don't connect tuma to we don't connect uh, sprinkling to dipping, and therefore three and seven is totally enough. But we do all seven because we want we don't want people to make fun of the paraduma. It's a special extra stringency, but it's not a law. It's just a stringency so people don't make fun of paraduma, but it's not a law. Okay, good. Now we have a new right. You with us, Hamra? Oh, Rabbi, Rabbi, what would separating have to have to make people not make fun of para aduma? Um, let, let me explain. When we we're separating anyway seven days, but but the reason why we're sprinkling seven days is because people are gonna see. Uh-huh. When, when, we're using a guy in order to show up the sidukim. We're using a kohen who who got tamer fight. According to the Sidukim, a Kohen who got tamerified and he went to the Mikveh is not good until he waits till nightfall. We use him before nightfall specifically. We find the guy who hasn't waited till nightfall, we use him just to show them up. But because we're doing a, doing a little more Tuma items, we do a lot of other Tahor items that are unnecessary just so people don't make fun of it and say, oh look, the rabbis are just doing ta- everything Tamer for the Parah Tuma. You understand? Okay. One of those, one of those extra things is uh, uh, sprinkling on all seven days, according to Rechananya Skanakani. Okay. Okay. Says the Gemara, Kiman Azla had the Tanu Rabbanan. Like whom does it go? The following Brayta. It says, and Ben Kohen Asurefet Parah the Kohen Gadol Biyom Kipurim Ela Shezeh Pritzol Kedusha Vachivurim Nogain Bo. Okay, there's no difference between the Kohen who's burning the Parah and the Kohen Gadol Yom Kippur, except that this guy, the Kohen Gadol Yom Kippur, is being separated for holiness, Yani, so he doesn't get he doesn't get Tamer from his wife. Okay, that's called holiness. Ve'achiva Kohanim and his brothers who are Kohanim, no gibo, can touch him. Because it's only for holiness. He, he, just touching, shaking someone's hand is not going to be a problem for, holy, for, for holiness. But the guy... For Parah Duma, Prishol Tara, he's, he's separated for Tara to avoid Tuma. And therefore, Ve'enachiva Konim Nogimbo. And therefore, his fellow Konim cannot shake his hand. Kiman, who, which rabbi does this go like? It could go like either of these two rabbis. If he's going like Chananias Konim, we should also mention, we shouldn't say that the only difference is whether you could touch your friends. We should say there's another difference, whether or not we sprinkle. According to these two rabbis, there's no difference because they're both the same, right? But according to him, he, one is all seven and one's three and seven. We shouldn't have said the only difference is whether you can touch your fellow Kwanim. We should have said 
There's two differences. Whether you can touch your fellow Kohanim and whether we spring on you all seven or three and seven. So therefore we prove that the author of this Baita cannot have been Ruchanani Skangonim. It could be either a mayor or a Rebu- or, or um, Yossi, but not Ruchanania Skanakonim. Is that clear so far? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Says the Gemara. Matkifla Now this is a very, very interesting question. The, what, in order to this you need to know a little math. That's why we have Shlomo Shaya here. He's he's a math expert and he's gonna help us with this uh, pro, uh, situation. Pay he's attention. a pharmacist, it's not a counting rabbi. Well, all, of, all the pharmacists do is count things all day. They're just counting oh, pills counting all day. Machine, I don't even count. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you're paying them to count pills. What, 30 or 30? Was that 29 or 30? Oh, I'll put it in the machine, I'll let you know. Okay. Says the Gemara. Mat kifla rabiosi b'rabchinina. Rabiosi b'rabchinina asked the question. Okay? Bish tamarishon shemashlishi. Now, understand the following before I get further. We, we, our question here is, what is this idea of all seven days? Why all seven? Now, again, from the Torah, all you need is three and seven. Now, really, I want to make a chart that shows you that what we're going to figure out here, that it makes sense to dip on day one, two, and three. Because one, two, and three might have been his day three. Day one might be his day three if he got tamerified two days before. Day two might be his day three if he got tamerified one day before. Day three might be his day three if he got tamer right before the seven days. But day four cannot be his day three no matter what. It also cannot be his day seven. And even if it is his day seven, there will be no reason to do it because he didn't do it on the three. So therefore, there really is no reason to ever sprinkle on day four. Day five, six, and seven might be sevens. Day one, two, and three might be three. But day four, there's no reason to sprinkle a guy. So therefore, we don't understand the rabbis who are saying all seven, which are both Rameer and for the Paraduma. For the Paraduma, yes. We don't understand. Why are you ever doing all seven? It should be one, two, three, five, six, seven. But what for? Does everyone understand me? I didn't no. make a chart. You got that or no, Joey? No. Okay. I'll give it one more time. Listen. The reason why we do three... When we're supposed to, from the Torah, you're supposed to do three and seven. Okay? Okay. Now, we're questioning, why do you ever do day four? Day one is a necessary thing. You know why? Because in case two days before you got tamerified, so day one was your day three. And you're supposed to bring on day three. Okay. Day two is also necessary because in case one day before you got tamerified, then day two is now your day three. Right. Day three is good because on the day you got tamerified, you, 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 went and you, you were locked up, you got tamerified, this is your day three. But day four, no. it can never be your day three because you were already locked up. Right. So therefore, day four can never be day three. And it also can't be day seven. I mean, it could be someone's day seven, but it won't help if it's day seven because since we didn't sprinkle him on, on day three, day seven doesn't do anything. And therefore, day one, two, three makes sense. Day five, six, seven makes sense as, as possible sevens. One, two, threes are possible threes. Five, six, seven are possible sevens. Four is impossible to be a three or a seven. So why in the world are we sprinkling on the fourth day? 
Right. You with me now? Yeah. Okay, let's read inside. So day four was the seventh day. It, it day wouldn't help. The day, the day before he got locked up was... He should have gotten sprinkled, but he never got sprinkled. Right. So there was no point. Okay. You with us? I'll tell you, it helps to count pills. Matki I understand the first day, maybe it's three. Sheni, Shema Shlishi. Shlishi, Shema Shlishi. Chamishi, five, Shema Shvi'i. Shashi, Shema Shvi'i. Shvi'i, Shema Shvi'i. All those make sense. But the fourth one, Lamali, what's the point? Lamali Azaklal. Right? It can't be number three. And even if it's seven, it won't work. According to your reasoning, guess what? Anyway, you shouldn't sprinkle all seven days. You know why? Don't we hold that sprinkling on someone is asur de Because it's like dipping a keli. You're not allowed to fix anything on Shabbat. Okay? Why? Because it looks like you're metaken mana. Therefore, if you have a keli to dip, you're not allowed to dip it on Shabbat. Similarly, you shouldn't be able to sprinkle water on somebody because you're going to fix him on Shabbat. So now, whenever you have seven days, you must have one Shabbat in there. Right? So how would you ever sprinkle all seven days? One of the days is going to be Shabbat, and you can't fix someone on Shabbat. So right. ask me questions on the question. You are, you're asking me a question, I'll ask you a question. Right? How do you ever do seven days anyway? You're telling me what about day four? I got a question on you. How do you ever do seven days in a row? You're not allowed to sprinkle on Shabbat. You're, you're breaking Shabbat by, by doing it. It's only the fourth thing that happened on Shabbat. Oh, hold on. Good, 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 good. You're always ahead of the game. Shh. Hold on. We're going to get to that. Says the Gemara. What are you going to say? When we said all seven, uh, we don't mean all seven. Yani, all seven, yani, all seven. All seven besides for Shabbat. When we said all seven, it means besides day four. Right? Yani, all seven doesn't mean really all seven. It means one, two, three, five, six, seven. What do you mean you said all seven? Well, I also said all seven, I don't mean Shabbat. So I don't mean this either. Okay. And now we're going to get to Binyamin's point. Rava and Binyamin thought of the same thing. Rava and Binyamin say the following. Hilkach, therefore. Ooh. Is it Ivana? No. Okay. Ready? Says the Gemara. Amar Hilkach, therefore. Kohen Gadol biyom Kippurim. Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. The law bididan talia milta, where it's not up to us. Which means on Yom Kippur, we can't decide when he when he starts doing it. In seven days, he has to do it on the third of Tishri. Right, Som Gedaliah is the day we do. The third of Tishri Tzom Gidaliah is the day he has to go into Pesachat Palatine to wait because Yom Kippur comes exactly a certain day every time. So we can't decide when you go in. Therefore, he has to separate on the third of Tishri no matter what. And whenever the third of Tishri comes on, whatever day of the week it is, we put him away because we have no choice. 
But But when you have a paraduma where we decide when we decide to burn the sky, the tell you it's up to us when we start. We always start it on a Wednesday. Why? This way, the Rivishilo, the fourth day, will always be Shabbat. And this way they can work it out that they're not missing two out of the two out of the seven days. So when it's going it all before Kippur, we can't pick what day it is. He's gotta go whatever day it is. But when it's para, we don't have a specific day we have to do the para. We can pick any day we want. So we always start the para on a Wednesday. This way, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the fourth day, which is no reason to do it, will be on the Shabbat when we're not allowed to do it, and everything works out beautiful. What about the thir- three and seven? Let's say that third day is on a furry. Let's say Yom Kippur, that's on Yom Kippur. If Yom Kippur was stuck, when on Yom Kippur was stuck, we might miss two days. So we could miss the third. Let's say if it's just three and seven, we, just, we miss the three and the seven? Or we just miss the three or the seven? No, no. Oh, you're saying, oh, you're saying, what about according to the rabbi who says three? Hold on. All this I told you is only according to the all seven rabbis, which are Remeir, okay. both, and Uchanan Zeronim for Para. Okay? According to the three and seven rabbis, you, always, you do three and seven, and I guess you wouldn't do it. So you when just it's, do, let's say, the seventh day, that's it? Let's say the third day happens to fall on Shabbat. So I'm assuming that you wouldn't you would do it on two other days. Because we don't know when you got Tamer fight anyway. These rabbis, the, the idea of the three and seven rabbi is he holds, you don't have to do it every single day. Tzidab is not a mitzvah. Right, so it doesn't make a difference if it's three. Right, three, any three and seven you pick. All right, Baruch Adonai Le'olam Amen. We're going to start tomorrow at the two dots on the Manu Lashkat Palatim. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a great day.